Hello and welcome. Today we are joined by Jason Yarusi, a true powerhouse in the world of real estate investing and beyond. Jason is a successful entrepreneur, a real estate syndicator and investor, a mastermind coach, and an ultramarathon runner. If that wasn't enough, he is also a podcast host of the Multifamily Live podcast with his wife, Peely, and he has recently launched a new podcast called Live 100, where Jason shares tactical and actionable advice that you can implement in your life and business now. He's managed over 300 million in commercial real estate, founded multiple successful businesses, and is a dedicated father and husband. Get ready to be inspired and educated by Jason's wealth of experience and knowledge in the multifamily real estate world. Let's dive into this conversation and learn from one of the best. Jason, thanks for joining us today. Hey, I'm excited to be here. I just want to say that I have been incredibly fortunate um, to have you as a coach and mentor over the last several months, and I've learned so much from you already in that short period of time. So I'm really excited to be able to share just, you know, even a glimpse of that with my listeners today. So to start things off, maybe could you tell us a little bit about your background, who you are, and, you know, kind of what your goals are right now? Sure. Yeah. And really excited to have you as part of the group here. And it just, it takes action by you and the others, right. To really go out there and capitalize on on what we can provide. And that's usually a big piece of the puzzle is there's so much information in this world. Right. And when, when that so much information comes out, most don't act on the information and that's the driving piece that separates you and separates others as part of seven figure multifamilies. They go out there and take action. Right. And that's why we're seeing such results, which is awesome. And that really is exciting to see now. So I'm Jason Yarusi. Um, you know, I grew up in New Jersey, uh, moved to New York city in uh, my early twenties and, um, came out of uh, college, just trying to find my way, um, with a finance degree and decided that would lead me into the restaurant and bar world as, as all, um, we'll say nonlinear paths do. So started working in bars and restaurants for a number of years actually met my now wife Peely um, working at a very um, big uh, New York City outside bar. And from that, I started doing things that just constantly were just uh, inspiring to me. So I opened a brewery, opened and sold a brewery, opened a restaurant, opened um, another bar. And on that point, um, just kept asking what else is there. And so when early um, 2010, 2011, there was a storm that happened on the East Coast, Hurricane Sandy. That decimated the East Coast. Uh, my dad um, just retired, but had a construction business that really focused on projects that need to be raised due to flooding. So his business doing a couple little projects exploded overnight. And Peely, at the time, my girlfriend and uh, my brother, Ryan, who was working for me at one of our bars in New York City, we decided to pick up and move out to New Jersey and help dad with this business that he had always really wanted the family to be within. So we did that moved out to New Jersey and went from about 10 to 12 projects a year to something about 250 to 300 projects a year. So just business just exploded. That said, we were constantly asking the question, how could we find another way in our life that we could get back control of our day? Because Mm -hmm. like any service job, like if you're not at a bar, working bar, you're not getting tips, right? If you're not out doing construction projects, actively doing the projects here, you're not getting revenue, right? So what came up was the word real estate. 
And here Peely was, you know, pregnant with our first kiddo. And she went out and got her real estate license because we thought that was the logical step. And we started to flip houses. You know, we, we found out later we really didn't need that piece, but we just kept doing what we thought was logical at the moment. However, we started flipping houses, doing wholesaling, doing Airbnb. And that coupled with all of the construction projects, we just got more and more busy going away from the control of our day. So kept asking, what could we do? And Peewee came upon someone who was investing in out-of-state rentals. And we said, huh, well, let's try that, right? We were open to go out there and explore. So we went out there and started buying some rentals that were thousand miles away over in Indianapolis, Indiana. And what we found is that we couldn't be the bottleneck in the project. We couldn't be there where we had to go and meet a tenant to get it leased or go run to Home Depot. We had to put pieces in place and things in place that we could allow the process to happen without us actually being there. And lo and behold, things started happening. We started getting money in the mail, right? Rent checks and revenue. And here we are doing this without us actually doing the work. However, the biggest piece was it wasn't going to be scalable, right? Having 10, 20 duplexes all around the country seemed like a logistical nightmare. Well, I heard of someone doing syndication. And this is where you would buy a large apartment building, pool resources or money from friends and families. You could buy these larger buildings. And that really clicked for me because I saw how I did that with the restaurants. I had a 12 seat restaurant and a couple hundred seat restaurant. It's the same process, but you get so much more to happen with the larger building. So that made all the sense to me in the real estate world. So we sold everything off, all the small buildings, went all in with large multifamily, brought our first uh, 94 unit that was in 2017. And since then, we, you know, we've done about over maybe a little over 3000 units since 2017 to today. That's fantastic. It's really impressive. I love how, you know, your story really shows that like, it doesn't have to be a straight line. Like it no. winds and, you know, weaves all over the place to eventually get to where you are now. You didn't one day just wake up and be like, oh, I'm going to be a syndicator and go from zero to a hundred like that. So I think that's really important for people to understand that nobody's path is going to look the same. And we all kind of have to find our own way to get there, but that eventually you found this thing that really works for what you are looking for to get your time back in your day. Um, and the biggest piece is trying, right? Most mm -hmm. will stuck in a roadmap is, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day and they, you know, they, their wife's been in a job for, for 18 or 19 years and, and that job has gone away. Right. And they feel lost, but she's never wanted to be in this job. And so it's that point of just having that comfort on our side where, Sometimes we sacrifice what we really want for a little bit of comfort, but the comfort is not, it's like you have a little bit of a thorn in your side, right? But you're saying, oh, okay, I guess that's better to have that thorn in my side than to just take that side, that, that thorn out because that thorn could lead me to being more in pain when in fact it would actually solve a lot of the pieces that you're struggling with today. And that's with just taking chances. And it's not easy to do, but if you constantly ask yourself, what else is there? And you look at your life and say, okay, well, if I do the exact same thing, can I expect something different? Usually the answer is no. But if you ask what else is there, you have to look at the worst case and then the best case. And mm -hmm. most of us will say, well, if I just quit my job right now, the worst case is I'm going to be homeless living in my car, right? Well, that's the worst case. But if the best case could be, the best case is that you could find something that really inspires you, that really takes control of your life, that you can really move forward with to do what you're truly meant to do right? That could be your best case. So if you're going to give credence to the worst case, you have to look at the best case too. That's so powerful. I think I know from my own journey and 
I hear often through a lot of other people going through this process of you know being new to real estate investing and trying to figure out like what should I do next? You know, where do I fit into this big thing? We all have a lot of these limiting beliefs that a lot of times we don't even realize that we have, but it's just like we dismiss something as a potential possibility right from the get-go because either, oh, well, we tried that before and it didn't work, or that's not how that's not how I do it. That's not, you know, it just that's not gonna work for me. We, you know, we we brush things off that and don't give them a chance. Um, what would be your advice along those lines? I mean, I know you said take action and try something different, but beyond that kind of, are there some more granular steps to kind of how someone can go about first off identifying maybe what some of those limiting beliefs or fears are that are holding them back and then how they push through that? You know, I call this being uncomfortably brave. And you, you know, when you're born, you have two things, right? The fear of falling down and the fear of loud noises. That's it. So anything else in your life that's a fear has been something that's been ingrained in you, right, of some point. A lot of this comes from our childhood, right? And so when you look at today, what is the fear that's really holding you back? And that's what you have to come to truth with is that, um, you know, if if it's fear of, of just being homeless, right, or being broke, right, is that because something happened during your childhood where, you know, maybe um, someone lost a job and then you had to, you know, sell the house or move from the house or you're constantly moving around to just find a job? Is that something to lead from there? And you have to put that in perspective for where you stand today, because when you have these fears that you don't actually address, it's hard for you to act. And when you think back, like we were so adventurous as kids, right? So adventurous to go out there and try new things and learn new things and just discover, right? But that's been conditioned out of us through the school process, through the school routine, right? Because the school routine is 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 tough. It's something that's supposed to give us um, protocol and discipline, but it almost trains us to be conditioned to a work where we're going to work for somebody else. And we're never actually solving the problem, which is the problem that we want to solve for our life to find happiness or to find fulfillment or find anything else. And when you think about everything you do today, if you are working for a job, if that's something that inspires you, fantastic. But if it's not, you have to ask like, why am I here at this job today? Because if my goal is to go out there and have a bigger purpose, well, what you're doing right now is you're solving a solution for somebody else because every job was started by some entrepreneur at some point, right? No matter how big the company, someone started that company somewhere along the process. It didn't just, you know, it's show up. And what you have become is you've become a vehicle to solve a problem for them. And the only thing that changes if you go out there and take the risk is that you have to find problems to solve and you have to be open to explore those problems to solve. And then there's going to be other people working for you that are going to be solutions to your problems, right? And it may be, oh, as the entrepreneur, I need to find a way to be able to um, have more time to work on things that are more impactful for our business. Okay, so what are 10 things on my plate right now that really I don't need to do? Okay, is there somebody else in here that could be a really great role for them that could fill that need that could get me back that time by taking over those 10 things, mm -hmm. right? That's a, It's a hard thing to sometimes let go of control, but because- we could condition that, oh, if it has to be perfect. Well, okay, what has to be perfect? Like if someone needs to pick up the dry cleaning, okay, just, you know, I don't know, go get the dry cleaning. What's the worst that happens? They wrinkle it and you got to do it again. Like, But that's where we get stuck is that we have to control what's really going to drive us forward and let go of control of other pieces for our life, but be open to the thing that we just don't know where life goes. And we, we want to have a perfect roadmap and while we seek that perfection, what the roadmap's going to look like, we don't take action. 
because we say, oh, it's got to be perfect. And I'll just, whatever, this is perfect. The right moment, the right weather, the right, you know, I've gotten enough sleep. I feel great. I feel inspired. My kids are at school, like all these things in place. And then it will never happens. Or we do get that perfect plan. And then the second we start, it's completely off trajectory because it, it was never going to be manifest in that way anyway. And then we yeah. stopped. But typically when you start and you just take any step, it leads you to what the next step is. It's just the power in your mind to say, okay, I'm afraid right now. My limiting belief is that something's going to bad happen when I start. Well, okay. So instead of going all the way, just take one step. Like I, usually in most parts of the world, like, like for where it is, if you take that first step, the world's not going to fall apart with that one step, but at least you'll discover it. You might just not like it, but at least you want to know. I mean, you want to know if it's something that you want to seek further. And if you don't, then be truthful to yourself. Okay. I tried it. At least I tried it, but I'm not good at it. Don't like it. Whatever. Okay. So take a step in a different direction and see what drives you. Yeah. That totally like speaks to my soul. So, I mean, as you know, I was in the military for 22 plus years and I reached this point where I wasn't having fun anymore. And I had always told myself, like, I'm going to stay in as long as I'm having fun. And as long as I feel like the Navy is, you know, that I'm getting as much out of the Navy as the Navy is getting out of me. And I finally reached this point a couple of years ago where I was like, okay, like for the first time, I'm really thinking about this. Like, maybe I need to start thinking about something else. But I was paralyzed with fear. And I don't even really know what I was afraid of. I think it was really just like that fear of the unknown. Like that had been my life for so long. And this idea of like, now I have to figure out what I want to do and who I want to be. And that was terrifying at first. But what I found was once I actually identified that I was afraid, it was like, oh, I'm I'm just afraid. But like, I'm afraid of change, you know, like, why? Like, my whole life has been changed. I've moved to different places. I've had different jobs. Like the only thing that has been constant has been change. And it was like, once I was able to identify that and say, okay, I'm going to drop my retirement papers. And then the next thing was like, okay, now I got to figure out what I want, what I want to do with all this time. And I learned about syndication, you know, and it was like one thing came after another, but I didn't even know that syndication was a thing when I dropped my retirement papers. I had an idea that I wanted to do something in real estate, but you know, it was like, just taking that first step to kind of figure out like, okay, I can do this. What's next? Okay. And just kind of walk through that one thing at a time. But it's exactly like you said, I had no idea what, what was going to be the next thing. I just knew that I was ready to do something different. Yeah. Our identity applied a lot to what we do. And it's just like, like, if you think of like conversation with people, it's like, well, what do you do? Right. It's like one of the first conversations, mm -hmm. like, like, not like, what do you like doing? Like, tell me about it. It's like, well, what do you do? Right. And so our identity gets tied a lot to that. And you see it, of course, like with the military or like with athletes, or you could think of anybody who like, like, a, you know, an Olympist, right? Like any of those things, like we get tied to that, especially the longer and longer we do it, like that's yeah. who come. And so it's hard to break that pattern, even if you're changing it within the role, but you know, well, what are they going to think of me if I stop this? And like, usually it's, there's nobody really thinking of you in any way on that part, but it's, we get stuck in our mind that that's our identity. And to break that, it's going to break who we are when in fact, it's just a role in your day, right? It just, it's just one of the pieces of the puzzle. And it's like one of your, you know, like tips in your hat. Right. And so it's hard to get away from that mold because we've used that to um, solidify or support us for, for how we show up. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that with us. That was so good. 
Um, I, I want to talk a little bit more about some specifics to real estate investing. Um, I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't ask you a few things about kind of the state of the market, like what trends are you seeing right now? And how are you positioning yourself and your team to continue to be successful given the current situation? So the biggest thing is, of course, you know, interest rates have continued to rise, right? We've had a lot. The Fed has continued to to implore just rising rates, right? Just to try and battle inflation, the other piece of the puzzle, right? And you're having a bunch of mixed signals that it's working, but in the same time, some facets is not working. However, um, most of this is lagging data from the Fed. So it also comes back that they're they're working on on past information, right? So we may have one or two additional raises in in interest rates from the Fed. That's going to continue to drive and make things harder within the economy, and it's going to continue to hurt um, all facets of business transactions, right? Because businesses aren't going to expand, they're not going to, um, you know, of course, take loans and all these other things that are going to continue to keep business subdued. However, it's um, a very strong. Um, business environment where where employment is still very very um in the in the talk where there's a lot of jobs a lot of activity and a lot of people are employed right so we're, we're seeing that backdrop but that's continuing to keep the fed on bay like what are we doing right however they are going to moderate we're going to come into an election next year we're going to see other things where they'll moderate the question being is like do they moderate and stay stay true or do we see it um, really have a, a big or some kind of decline like we've seen in the past noting that of course their rise up was um at historic levels who knows with with how our rates will level off but to, to um, moderate this what we've been doing is putting on bank debt which is um, typically um, not the best terms, but ideally um, more um, reasonable terms for for future ideas or future um, initiatives to be able to move the loan. So we'll put a five-year loan on it. Um, that will be a fixed rate term, might have a year or two years of interest only. Um, it's probably only going to have an amortization period of 25 years, maybe 30 years. And what that allows us to do, though, is that there may be only a 1% prepayment penalty based on the amount of the loan or or some um, lower step down pay, um, um, penalty where if the world does shift in a way that that loans and, and rates start to decline massively or valuations change dramatically in a way that that it's for our benefit then we can move out of that loan without a lot of incident right because there is a lot of um, agency products, Fannie and Freddie, that are really attractive today. But unless you're really going to be committed for this project for the long run, regardless mm -hmm. of where you go, it, it's hard to look at those because it limits your downside. Because if, if rates do go the other way, they're very expensive to exit out of. Right. No, that makes sense. What would you advise for someone who has maybe been thinking about getting into real estate investing? Maybe they're that person who's kind of been on the sidelines watching for a while, they know they need to get unstuck and they need to take action. What would be some simple steps that somebody who's looking to get involved could take now, even in today's environment? I mean, what's, if you think about today's environment, you're starting now, this is all you know. So you didn't know in low interest rates, you just know now, right? There's there's going to be opportunities in every market, right? And if you ask like our parents or others, like, you know, interest rates were 12, 15, 17, 18% in the past, right? So we're still at a much more attractive rate than a lot of people have seen in, in, their, in their history. So you have to just treat it where you are now. The thing that really keeps people from acting is just the broad word real estate, right? That's one of the things that stopped us in the beginning is because there was like, you could just do 50 different things. You could do wholesaling, tax liens, Airbnb, flipping, right? You just do a million different things, long-term 
rental, short-term rentals, like where, wherever they are. And so you got to get specific with what you want to do. And is it going to be your forever thing? I don't know, but at least it gets you started on a journey, right? So you want to buy apartment buildings? Great. What size building? Where? Right. That's where I would start because the more granular you can be, the more conditioned you could be to be able to make sure you're buying good opportunities. But the easier thing to do is say, I buy apartment communities across the U.S., which means you don't do anything because you're you're almost giving yourself um, the out when you say, oh, I can't find good deals because you're not really putting yourself to the test of saying, OK, specifically, what am I looking for? Where? What do I want by when? Got it. You got to drill down and and have a clear buy box when you cast a wide net, then you're not you're not fishing in a, in a good spot necessarily. You're just throwing a net randomly in the middle of the ocean and waiting to see what yeah. happens. Kind well, of I have, oh, I have a thousand leads across the US. Okay, fantastic. It's going to take you three months to go through them. And by the time you find it, there is one good one in there. Someone already got it. But if you could find four leads in a market, you know, maybe you'll find the one of four that actually work very quickly because you're just focused on that. Plus, like as good as it sounds, you don't want to be going through a thousand leads. You want to find things that are going to be right, that are going to fit your narrative, that you know that you have put together the opportunity on your side to be able to go out there and, and uh, execute on those properties. And that makes a lot of sense just from the perspective of like when you have a market, you know that market. And so you're very quickly able to identify when something is or is not a good deal based on the market metrics. Yeah. Awesome. Now, when you started building your business, I know it was just you and Peely when you first got started, but over the, you know, over time you've built up a team. What are some of the things that you consider as you're putting that team together in managing partnerships, different people that you're working with? How do you evaluate those partners? Yeah, I mean, it's it's like kind goals, right? So if you're going to have partners, like you just got to make sure you align your goals, right? Is that, you know, you have complementary skill sets, right? So for syndication, you might have lead generation, you know, due diligence, asset management, investor relations, you know, um, balance sheet, right? Underwriting. So like, are there complementary goals where you're both not good at the same thing and really not adding benefit to the partnership? And you have a clear objective of what you both want. Right. If these are if you both want to have product that you can get in an apartment community and hold it for you know the long term, right? This is something you or does one want to have a, a short-term transaction and make as quick money as possible, mm -hmm. but not be able to build wealth, right? Because that might be two um contradictory views that really aren't serving the partnership. No, that makes a lot of sense. Now, shifting gears a little bit. Let's talk about balance. And this is one of my favorite topics because everybody tends to have um, sort of polarized view on what balance is and what it means. But, you know, obviously you, you are very successful and probably busy real estate investor. You're also an ultra marathoner. You know, you've got several different kind of business lines going on. How do you balance your passion for running and fitness and health with your entrepreneurial endeavors and your family? You, you don't. So <laughs> you don't. I mean, there's just not a balance is a word that is put out there. A lot of people are seeking balance in their life, but that never comes. Right. It's like 
they, you know, I want to balance out all these things at the same time, but you can't balance, you know, time with Peely, time with the kids, time running, time work. Like it's just not that it like, think of, you know, a waiter, like a waiter can carry only so many plates. And then after that, like if there's like, I got 50 plates, they can't balance it. Right. So something's got to drop. So you're in seasons, right? What needs the driver now for where I'm at in my time. Right. And you might have seasons without your day, right. Or blocks in within your day. But it could be season in your life, right? If you're coming up to a you know a big closing and a big real estate project, it may take more time and may more need and more um, avenue to what's happening for things to really have to take precedent on where your day is going. If you know one of my kids gets sick, that might take precedent on where my day has to go, right? Um, but even in my day, I just I use the early mornings to make sure I'm taking care of myself to get up there and have time for myself, work out, meditate. Then I'll get into my day. My day is going to focus. But then when I get to the evening. Or the afternoon, it's going to be more committed to the family, right? Family and sports. And so it's broken out in seasons like that. The biggest piece with balance and or seasonings is that when you're with your family, you don't want to be thinking with work. And when you're with work, you don't want to be thinking with family because ideally you're not doing a good job in either either facet. Yeah, that's that's really good. I have definitely been trying to implement block scheduling. I will say it is a work in progress, but I definitely do see how kind of chunking out the day and the week and having those like times where I can really focus on real estate or, you know, I've been trying to set my schedule. So basically after like four in the afternoon, I'm not doing anything related to work. So we can do the swimming lessons and the soccer games and I can be fully present and not, you know, thinking about all the phone calls or emails I have to do after. Um, and that has definitely been mind, helping. Right? Yeah. And you, it's the pay attention in your mind, just mm -hmm. to be aware of it happening, right? Just so you can say, okay, well, here's my block. And like, okay, because most of the time we try and hold everything up here. And then like, we're not really not getting anything done because it's, I think it's like, if you get distracted, it takes you 17 minutes to get back on task. Right. And so if you're like there and trying to do this and trying to do that and things are popping up, 10 things coming up on your phone with like Facebook or always oh, other things happening, like you're all over the place and it's hard for you to commit to get a task done. That could be it could have been a 12 minute task, but now it's 38 minutes yeah. in. Right. Yeah. And it so takes an hour or two hours because you Correct. keep Correct. circling around. Yeah. Um, you mentioned doing, you know, having like a morning routine and, you know, setting aside time to take care of yourself. Can you talk a little bit more about maybe what are some of those practices that you have incorporated into your morning routine that kind of help you do that self-care and, and start your day from, you know, from a positive place? Yeah, I just get up the same time every day. And like, like you think of like creature of habit, but like you know, think it's, um what is it? 60% of our thoughts are, are the same, right? Each and every day, it might be 70. I, I forget the nose. And it's either if those thoughts are positive or negative to repeat it, right? So you have to ask yourself like, okay, are you doing positive or repeated thoughts and habits within your day in your life? If not, you have to change it, right? So if you're going to set the day off where the day starts rough or starts out of context, then it's going to be tough for you to really create positivity in your day because you're already leading from a negative point that you have to catch up on, right? So I wake up the same time every day. I'll get up. And from when I get up, um, you know, I'll have a glass of water. Um, I'll make coffee. I'll go meditate. I'll go work out. Right. And that that's just done, done, done. Just that's what I do when I get up. And if I keep that consistent on that part, you know, is every day an absolute win? No, but more than more than more than less are. Mm -hmm. And when I can do that it starts that snowball effect where things can start building a momentum, right? Because you have to look at um, the society at whole is that a lot is lost within those early hours, right? And the ones who are out there crushing, crushing it, right? 
they've probably done more than most do by 8 a.m. within most doing their entire day. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Is it because they're smarter, more educated, more? No, they're just more disciplined, right? More disciplined to the approach to just get up there and, and take action and then get out, get things out of your way. Because when the day starts, things go left, right, upside down, sideways, right? And you can't control that, but you can control your morning. So at least you get into your day and you've created some victories within yourself that if you get to the end of the day and you're just like, man, okay, at least you've known you've gotten some wins off the board. And then the next day you can get back to it again. I love that. I've definitely seen that for myself as well. I think it's so funny because despite the fact that I spent 20 plus years in the military, I was never a morning person. And that was one of those, you know, limiting beliefs that I didn't know I had for a really long time was, oh, I'm not a morning person. Nope, that's, that's not for me. And it wasn't until this past year, like after I retired, you know, now when I could theoretically sleep in, but I found something that was exciting to me that I was looking forward to waking up and working on. And it really changed my perspective on that in this idea of like, wake up and get stuff done, you know, before the kids are awake, <laughs> before all the other factors that I can't control come in and, you know, wreak havoc on my plan. Even if I only get those things in those first couple hours of the day done, I feel really good about my day because I know I already got some things accomplished and, you know, made progress. Um, And certainly as a busy mom, you know, wife, entrepreneur, investor, you know, all the things, it really is important to take care of myself. And I found that if I waited until later in the day, it never happened. And so that was where I was able to kind of say, you know what, if I'm going to prioritize doing something for me, I'm going to get up and I'm going to get it done. And it's not always easy. (laughs) I don't always love waking up early, Um, but I definitely have seen the impact in a positive way that that has been having. Um, so I really appreciate you sharing that. And and hopefully maybe we can inspire a few folks who are convinced they're not morning people to at least give it a try. Um, well, that's a statement, right? Because <laughs> and it's hard for us to acknowledge, but like you think of it like someone's like, I have a temper. Well, do you have a temper or you say you have a temper, right? Or mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm not a morning person. Well, okay. Says who? You know, like there's no yeah. like, no medical condition, like morning person. Right. You it's know, those like, things that we tell ourselves and we've sort of conditioned ourselves to believe that that's just our lot in life, you know? Um, but it doesn't have to be that way. Um, but it, I mean, it took me 20 plus years of being in the military of them trying to turn me yeah. into a morning person that I just was like so resistant to it. And it wasn't really until I had the choice to do it on my own that I was like, you know what? I like this. This is good. I'm going to plan my day the night before and I'm going to, you know, get myself organized and, you know, enjoy waking up and getting things done. So yeah, it's been an interesting mindset and like resistance is a funny thing, but like, but as soon as you can look at that and say like, okay, what am I resisting in my life? And like, if I just let go of that resistance, is it, is it something that actually serves me in a, in a greater way? And that those are hard because we just, we get stuck in things that are just cycles that just come upon our life. And it's just a route. Like think about like, I don't know, like if I drive the office, I drive the same way. Right. It Mm -hmm. just, like so just could I drive another way yeah but it's just like my pattern but think of all your patterns in your day like how you get up like when you brush your teeth or like when you get in the shower like you wash your hair for like what do you do like like your cycle of your day is is basically in a in a path and like but it's also like how we think in our mind how we act in our mind like how we show up for certain things like what our day starts with like 
do we get in and just go to Facebook or do we start with emails that we know are just like, you know, lobs or just softball emails? Like, do we just do things that um, is just repetition? And if we're not on the trajectory we want, is it the repetition that's killing us to get where we want to go? Because when you can break the cycle, it sounds hard, but it's really not. You just break the cycle. And where we find is that it's it's weird, but you, you think you have this like roadblock, like it's just like this thing that like stands in front of you to like break a cycle, but you just break the cycle. That's it. Like you just do it. But we, I can't make someone do it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I had, um, the other day we, we were having a conversation and someone was like, well, like how you can do this? I was like, well, I've told you how to do that. Like, but I can't make you do it. I can't like, I can't show up and force you to do something because you're just going to resist greater. When you want to do it, you'll do it when it becomes, you know, powerful enough in your life, when mm -hmm. it becomes so important, but I can't tell you to do it. Right. Because at some point, like I won't be there or you just are not going to do it because you have to, you have to do it because it's got to mean enough for you to do it. And when it means enough, you'll do it or you won't. Right. But that's got to be your choice. Because when you choose to do stuff, you just do it. You think of anything. I want to go do whatever right now. You just go do it. Right. Yeah. And that speaks to a lot of just how most live in life is that the choices being made are comfortable choices that don't step them outside of the um, the zone of comfort, but that outside of the zone of comfort, which would usually lead you to where you get to. Yeah, just kind of going through the motions instead of actually recognizing that we are making a choice, whether passively or actively, we're mm -hmm. making a choice every time we do whatever it is that we're, oh, that it is that we're doing. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and everything comes from, if, if you like, I don't know, like, oh, I, I have a hard time saying no to people. Okay. Well, you basically are, you're saying no to something else when you say yes to somebody, mm -hmm. right? So say you're saying yes to somebody, you're like, well, you're saying no to something else. You're just not mentally saying the words, but you're saying no to something else. Right. So, oh, right. Um, I said yes to something I don't want to do. Well, now well, I'm saying no to my kids. I can't be with them. Right. Or just, you could think of any parallel to that conversation there. Yeah. But lots of the punch when you choose something, you're 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 unchoosing something else, but you don't think of it because you're not actually doing it, but it's happening. Right. It's not there in the moment. You're not necessarily thinking about it, but you're still doing it. Correct. Yeah. No, that's so powerful. Well, let's talk a little bit about your podcast that you recently started, Live 100, um, since we're kind of talking about a lot of those same topics. Um, how did that come about? You know, it's a lot in the messaging that's helped us. So we really wanted to put out a message um, that we get questioned on a lot, right? Because it's a lot yeah. that's helped us change, right? Because, you know, Peele and I were bartenders and we could still be bartenders today. Like bartender friends I had then are still bartenders now, which cool. They like it. Like, but we wanted something else. And so I'd still be doing the same old and be that and maybe the life would be fine, but we were conditioned that we wanted something else. But if I was going to show up, have late nights, be out in the part, you know, not um, be ready for the day, not be able to capitalize what I was doing to that, I, I was not going to be able to shift my perspective and also take um, different steps to my life. So mm -hmm. we, had to do a lot of, we had to do a lot of things to be able to embrace our future. Right. And so Live 100, uh, the Live 100 podcast is just it's a mission to really empower others to go out there and find purpose, passion and live a life of gratitude. And these are steps that we take in our life that we're not perfect with by any means, but it's things that we we keep on our mind and can keep trying to instill into our daily practice that have led us to, to show up. Right. Mm -hmm. But also be able to perform, be able to get results. 
And that's a lot of what life is, is that you just have to show up. That's the first piece. You got to show up. Next is that you have to act, right? You have to take action. And the next is when you get, you know, kicked in the knee or punched in the face, like it's just part of life. However, you're making the choices that, okay, that happened. Well, lesson learned, right? Lesson learned. So what else can we do and what can we learn to keep going forward? So it's the perseverance to power through, and that's going to lead you to results that you're truly destined to have. I love that. You got to show up, you got to act, and you got to persevere. I think one of the reasons that I initially started this podcast was because I felt like I have been on this journey for the last like five plus years now, specifically looking for you know financial freedom and time freedom and trying to figure out what that looks like for our family and you know what we've realized is it's a lot of little tweaks and a lot of little choices of doing things maybe just a little bit differently but that they have these sort of outsized results on you know the impact that they've had on what we're able to do yeah and and also just to put us in a position to think differently about the future and have this openness about like what the possibilities could look like And I felt like I was being really selfish because I was learning all these things and discovering these things and implementing these changes, but I didn't feel like I really had a great opportunity to be able to share what I was learning and doing with other people. And I don't know if it's a combination of like COVID and just like not having a social life anymore or being a mom of young kids where like, I just don't have time for a social life anymore, or maybe a combination of both of those things. But I felt like I really wanted to be able to share with people some of the things that I was learning and growing and uh, learning and doing in hopes that I might be able to help them uh, grow in their own lives and and see things a little bit differently and maybe be a little bit more excited about, you know, the possibilities of the future. It's incredible. And uh, so there's this um, thing that comes to mind is that, you know, typically we, we don't want to share because we're like, well, who else would want to know this? Well, there's people mm-hmm. in all different situations that are either, you know, five steps ahead of us or five steps behind us. Right. And so, you know, there's, um, that movie Leonardo DiCaprio was in Catch Me If You Can. Mm, and mm-hmm. there, um, the, the FBI guy at the end is like, the one thing I just cannot figure out of everything is how did you teach advanced physics? And he was like, I would just read the chapter the night before and teach it to him, right? And like, that's the part is like, there's someone who needs to learn from us no matter where we are because we're having something that we're going through right now that someone has looking at us like, man, I don't know how they're doing it because they're in that spot that's, you know, a year a year behind us, five years behind us of all those different pieces, right? And at the same time, there's all these other people that we can learn from that are a step ahead of us or a year ahead of us or five years ahead of us, right? And that's why mentorship is so powerful and why podcasts like this serve so many is that you can get out and just help so many others just, just see their blind spots. Mm-hmm. Usually it's the blind spots that we get stuck on, right? It's, oh, the, there's something here stopping me. And it's just that one thing you're going to say here that they're going to listen to you say is that you're like, oh, I didn't even think about that. And now their world's opened up and they can just take change just by that one thing they hear from you. I hope that we will be able to do that for sure. I just, you know, I felt like there was so much that I was consuming. I, I've been consuming content for like five years straight of, you know, everything from like, habit stacking to minimalism to real estate, you know, it's like all these different things from all over the place, but ultimately it all sort of was feeding into this general vein of like, 
pursuing financial and time freedom? And like, how do I get a little bit more of that back so that we can really have the time and the energy to focus on the things that we love to do, which for us is a lot of time with family, traveling, you know, doing experiences together. Um, and so I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to uh, host wonderful folks like you to be able to share your experiences as well. Um, but it really, it's, it's a neat opportunity because I think I felt for a long time, like, well, I haven't figured it out yet. Like who, who am I <laughs> to talk about this? Because I haven't arrived. I haven't figured it out. Like we don't have, we're not financially free yet. Um, but the question I think there would is, be, <laughs> is that I'll throw one question on you is that the hardest thing is like, cause I've been there is that like, what we say is we say that, but the hardest thing to come to is that we don't give the in cap, Right. Is that like, what would it be me figuring it out? Because right. like, when would I be qualified, right? It's like, yeah. well, I haven't done, well, I haven't gotten it all figured out. Well, we never do. Right. That's what does like, that actually mean? Is that, yeah. And that's the hardest thing. Like, it was hard for me. Like, why? What do I know? Well, like, I know enough to be where I am today. Don't know it all, but I'm never going to know it all. But that's okay, too. Because what would I do if I knew it all? Right? Like, so in that yeah. front, it's that part of like, okay, I'm on a constant learning part. And what you're doing is documenting your journey right now. Exactly. Think about where you are a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. You look back, you show your kids like, this is where we started. Like, look what we've done, <laughs> right? How crazy is this? But this is where we started, right? We're on this path. But even 10 years from now, we're going to be on this path, right? And that's where it, it's goal setting is hard because the goals usually keep us from taking action where the journey is the action. Yeah, exactly. The journey is the action. It's one step, one step at a time then the next step and you just keep going. And I think we hold ourselves back so much because we want to see, we want to see what it looks like a year down the road or 10 years down the road. And it's impossible. Um, and we can't let that hold us back from taking the step that is the next step that we can know and just do that one and then keep doing that over and over and over again. Um, so to kind of wrap up this discussion thread, um, for those who are looking to improve both their financial and physical well-being, uh, what practical steps or advice can you share with them to help them get started on their journey? Uh, start with where you are, right? That's that's the hardest thing. Like, start with where you are. And so just be completely self-aware of where you stand today, right? Because you have to have a starting point because sometimes we try to mask where we are, right? If you, you know, have so much money in the bank account and you, you know, you're not in a great relationship, you have to look at where you are because it gives you an advantage and a viewpoint of where you want to go. Yeah, that's really powerful to actually just take that moment to kind of pause and think about like where, you know, what is the current reality? Not like what I think I want 10 years down the line, but like what is the current reality and what is the next thing I could do now to start moving in a positive direction? You have to control really where good. you are. And if you, and like at least mentally control where you are today. Because if you're in a moment of flux or a chaos constantly in your mind, then you're never going to be able to take that first step to leave where you are. Love that. That's so good. Yeah, um, my, my bulldog has just somehow made oh. a door in the background. <laughs> that that comes across. <laughs> uh, minor distraction. I can't hear him so far, so we'll see. All right, good. Um, well, yeah. He journeys where I wait, do. Wait for him to hop up in your lap and make a visual oh, appearance here. He's not moving. She's not hopping <laughs> So... Um, what would you recommend for our listeners if they're looking for something 
to, you know, content to consume, to help them get things moving um, besides your podcast, obviously. Um, is there anything that you've read recently, be it a podcast or a book or anything like that, that you would recommend as a resource for folks? Um, so it depends where you are in your journey. There's a couple things, but ideally, like sometimes people will be like, I read a thousand books this year, but they haven't used any. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's more just use what you have and try what you have. Um, I'm forgetting the guys, the guy's first name is Bill, but he was, um, he was a, a, um, he was an energy trader. Um, Die with zero. Was Bill Perkins. Yeah. Bill, Bill Perkins. Perkins. Yeah. Yes. That was an interesting book. Cause it just shows like it's, like one thing, like, I don't know, jet skiing, let's say jet skiing, right? Like if you're, you're constantly waiting to have a certain amount of money or a certain part, or like get to retired, like you're not going to be 70 years old jet skiing. Probably not. Right. Because by the time you went there, you wait to have all these experiences. So, so use your life to have experiences today, because many a times we're waiting for, by the time we get there, we'll be too tired. Right. It reminds me of like, there's that picture of um within um with like Venice or something where like the, the, the two old elderly people are like on the gondola, like passed out. Right, because they've waited all their life to like get to retirement to go to Italy and are just too tired. They're to so start. tired they can't take it all in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love. He talks about the time buckets and he kind of breaks down your life into these different time periods and and visually it's really helpful to kind of see like how often do we fail to like think about what are the things that we really want to accomplish and is there an expiration date on any of them in terms of like that balance between how much money we have and what our physical health looks like to where, you know, will we actually be able to do them by the time we get to the point where we have enough money, where we feel comfortable to do it. And, and, you know, not that he's advocating for like this YOLO lifestyle, but in terms of like striking that balance between enjoying your life now while planning for the future as well. Exactly. Yeah. So good. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experience and your lessons learned with us today, Jason. Uh, your journey is truly inspiring and a really great example of how prioritizing what's important can help us to have significant positive change in our lives. Is there anything else that you had hoped to share with our guests today before we wrap things up? I think we covered a lot. I'm excited to be uh, episode four within the mix here. So this is fantastic. Look forward to seeing uh, coming back in when um, it's episode 104. <laughs> awesome. I hope to do that. That would be amazing. Um, what is the best way for our guests to connect with you if they would like to continue to follow your journey? Sure. Yeah, you can go over, uh, find our podcast, Live 100 Podcast. Also go over to yerusiholdings.com if you want to see uh, more real estate related activities. Awesome. Thank you again for joining us and sharing your wisdom with us today. Uh, we will also provide links to that information in the show notes. And thank you to our wonderful listeners for tuning into this episode and being a part of this community. If you found value in this episode, please hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. Until next time, remember that your path to financial freedom and the life of your dreams might be closer than you think. Take that first step and explore your possibilities. Stay tuned for more insightful episodes. And again, thanks for listening.